Meditation is not what you think. You don't have to stop your mind from thinking, sit in any weird postures, or make any bizarre sounds. All you need is a little guidance, and after that, the practice will show you the way. I'm Dina Riropulu, a meditation instructor and creator of the One Fierce Heart podcast. And in each episode, I talk with experienced teachers and practitioners to demystify meditation, giving you practical tips on how to start, ways to face the challenges, while also acknowledging the transformative power and clarity that come with meditation. So please join us as we dive deeper into this mysterious yet ridiculously simple practice that's been around for over two and a half thousand years. If you want to learn how to meditate, you can join my free weekly newsletter at theonefierceheart.com where I share audio-guided meditations and occasionally programs and ways to work with me. So take a deep breath, let it go, and let's begin. I am so excited to have Tim today with us again. And if you don't know who Tim is, check out his episode, which is the episode number three of the season, and hear all about his meditation story and insights. But today is a very special episode because we get to hear the most common meditation questions and answers to them and the myths surrounding meditation. Tim, welcome, and thank you for agreeing to be on the show again. Uh, Dina, thanks so much. I'm excited to be here. Um, it's a pleasure working with you, and um, I love the work you're doing um, with your podcast. Thank you. Thank you. I know your episode is very popular, actually. So uh, before we begin, let me ask you, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm looking forward to um, answering any questions about meditation and anything at all that people have about meditation. Yes. And I know uh, we have a lot. So <laughs> uh, if you don't mind, we'll begin with the, I guess, most popular myths surrounding meditation. So I don't know if you have any specific ones. I know I have three major ones. So before I list them, do you have any major ones that stand out that you know are myths and people are like getting them kind of like confused? Yeah, I think one really common one is that meditation should be um, relaxing and calming. That, so the main thing that it should be, because it can be, mm-hmm. and um, it depends on what type of practice that you participate in, like a strict concentration practice where you're kind of just focusing on one thing. It is calming and tranquil. However, it's not, it shouldn't be an expectation. And um, there's going to be many times in your meditation where it's not calming and not relaxing. And that's just how the mind is. And that's how you're, what, uh, what you're going through, or that's just kind of life in a way. It, you can't kind of just expect things to happen all the time. And so it's, it's easy to get lost in that. Oh, I need to feel calm and stuff like that. And um, it's not really the orientation that I suggest people go into their meditation. Yeah, I definitely, when I started, you know, I, when I started my practice, it's because we were looking to, for something, right? We're looking to feel better or we're looking to, you know, feel calm. And that's great to start something, you know, because of that. But practicing meditation definitely has not made me more calm, if anything. 
my senses are heightened, I feel more. I feel deeply and I have connected with my emotions um, deeper. I don't know what your experience has been. Yeah, absolutely. And, and meditation, one of the core skills that we're training is increased clarity, like a perceptual clarity. So you're feeling things more. You're feeling pain actually a little more heightened. You're feeling your emotions. You're more attuned to what's happening. You're becoming more embodied, right? But this, so, so sometimes pain is going to be a little more, it's going to be a little more sharp and clear. It's like seeing everything in HD mm. or now, now it's 4K, right? <laughs> so it's like you're seeing it even more and more clear. And, but the clarity is giving you insight into that. Okay. But now, but a millisecond later, the pain actually dissipates. There's actually an arc to everything. There's an arc mm. to your emotions. There's an, there's like a wave and then there's a trough, right? So that's the power of meditation is that you're getting clear with your experience and you're noticing the changing nature of it. So I think, um, Meditation from a mindfulness perspective is about insight into what's true and what's real. And yeah, so yeah, what are your thoughts? Well, I mean, definitely my motto lately is clarity is power. And the reason why clarity is power is because when you see how things really are, you see how your mind works, then you have options. Then you can say, okay, you know, this is happening. I see where this is. I Instead of just being carried and rushed away, you know, with this big wave of just tumbling in the water, you know, it's no longer, sometimes that happens. And, but at least you're aware that that is happening in that moment. I guess that's the difference instead of like drowning and being afraid that you're in this wave and this water that you're going to drown. I don't know if this is a good metaphor, but this that. is what came up. <laughs> you know, you're all of a sudden aware that you are in it and there's something you can do, you know, I guess, maybe not realistically, but, you know, there's options. No, I love that metaphor uh, of the ocean and drowning in it, as opposed to you 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 realize in meditation that you actually are the ocean. You're, <laughs> yes. you, right? Like, uh, and things are kind of just happening. It, there's waves, there's... Um, there's a lot of chopping, choppiness of the water, mm -hmm. but then you're like, wait, I'm actually the water itself. I'm the awareness that can hold all of it and have some perspective. And like you said, I can, I can choose to either ride that wave or maybe, maybe let it pass and go. <laughs> so yeah, beautiful. And that's where feeling calm comes into play. I think knowing that calms us down. At least that's how I've experienced it. Like it doesn't mm -hmm. mean that I don't feel. It means that the fact that I have options or I can see what's happening calms that part of myself down so I know what to do next. Yes. Yes, yes. It's it's slowing us down and that spaciousness of slowing down and watching and knowing what's here as it's happening. Uh, yes, that that helps us uh, be less reactive, right? So yeah. we, we can say like, okay, I can, can I be with this right now? Can what's going on right now? Can I be with it? And can I get some insight into it? And yeah, I think that's, what's calming about it as well. The spaciousness that we kind of, uh, create around our experience. So moving on to another meditation myth, 
which is one of my favorites, is in order to meditate, we have to stop our mind from thinking. And we both know this is far from the truth. <laughs> so what do you think of that myth? Yeah, I think it's a really common one. Um, I think it really depends on what you're trying to practice, right? Because it's, it's some practices and some schools will say like, oh, if your mind, call it the monkey mind, where your mind is kind of going off in many different directions and the purpose is to still it and to make it concentrated. So if you're aiming for like a strict concentration practice, thinking is kind of a bit of an obstacle. But then if you go into insight meditation, which is what uh, modern mindfulness is derived from, the thoughts can be used as a, a form of meditation on which you focus on. So it's not to make thoughts the enemy. It's realizing um, that your mind is going to produce thoughts. So it's, so it's okay. It's totally okay. It's perfectly natural. It's can you notice when you are thinking? That's the key to mindfulness. Like, oh, notice that you, you are thinking. And so we can see beyond the habitual conditioning of the mind. So thoughts are actually can be, I believe, can be a really fruitful part of our practice and, and really useful. Yeah. So basically, in order to meditate, we don't need to stop our mind from thinking. That's virtually impossible. But we use it as a mindfulness tool to be able to notice where our mind is and when it's thinking and you know in traditional mindfulness practices to redirect it to you know our breath or a sound an object of our choosing right exactly so thoughts are an opportunity to get an insight exactly so you use that moment when you're lost in thinking that's a moment of mindfulness, of waking up. It's like a, a mini moment of waking up. Oh, thinking. You recognize it. You observe it. Oh, you know, are there images here? Like, what's it make? How's it making me feel in the body? What is this thought? Um, how am I relating to this thought? Am I going to step on the train of thought? And then you can let it go. As soon as you recognize and observe it, you let it go and then come back to uh, your object of meditation. So object of meditation could be breath, sounds, your body, whatever it is. But yeah, I mean, that's essentially the practice. Yeah. And the reason it's the breath is because we're all breathing unless, I don't know, walking dead, but mm. it's easily accessible and, you know, everyone's doing it. That's me sometimes, <laughs> you know, without coffee in the morning. Yeah. So, so I've too. been there. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. So one question I have is why should I meditate and what's the point of meditation? I get this, I get asked this a lot. So what do you think of that? Why? And well, yeah, it's a, that's a great question. I mean, there's so much science, there's so much uh, research right now to show that it's really beneficial for anxiety, depression, changes brain structure. I mean, there's so many studies on showing that it um, creates positive um, changes in the brain. And in terms of increased concentration and increased uh, tranquility, increased insight, I mean, it's also a tool to work with what's happening with you moment to moment, difficult emotions. So if you're able to hold it and be less reactive, I mean, the world will be a better place if everyone's kind of doing this individual work. 
And those are my thoughts on the benefits of meditation and why people should or should try it anyway. What are your thoughts, Dina? Yeah, I definitely agree with that. And I also think there's an element to it that goes beyond, you know, uh, reducing our stress and um, having this as this like life hack, you know, I think it goes, it goes beyond that. And um, I think it's like this, well, it's this spiritual practice. It's like spiritual practice in the sense of connecting with myself, connecting with my inner, you know, power, I guess I'll use that word again. Um, and that affects other areas of my life. Like, you know, my physical body, my, my mental health and my well being. So it just goes, um, it goes in that direction too, for me, like just beyond self-help. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Deep presence we're training in, in meditation, deep presence with our inner experience and our outer experience. And I found and like bringing those two together. Yeah, absolutely. And seeing the relationship in real time, how that's happening. Like as I'm talking to you, I'm being present. I'm with you. I'm actually receiving um, your presence. And that has um, profound implications on our relationships too. So I think meditation is really helpful with um, our interpersonal relationships as well as our inner uh, relationship to ourselves. So many benefits. <laughs> I could yeah. go on and on. <laughs> yeah, how uh, long do we just, have? <laughs> I know, right? And it's like we're just sitting down, like doing literally nothing. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's right. like, quite magical. Exactly. Do you have a question that um, came up? Yeah, I guess a lot. A lot of people ask me, like, how do I get started? And I've so I developed um, this four part practice. It's called Grow, and it's an acronym and each part uh, is a setup phase for a meditation practice. And I really think it summarizes some key components of mindfulness. So the G is to ground. So start by grounding yourself, coming into the body, feeling your embodied presence. Um, most of us live inside of our minds. So we come immediately to the body, uh, feeling our posture and our contact points with the floor. That can be really uh, relaxing and calming. And then the second is to relax. So it's to actually scan through the body, notice any areas of the body that's kind of tense or tight, and we uh, relaxing that. So relaxing our jaw, relaxing our belly, relaxing our shoulders, things like that. So that can help prepare us um, and set the ground for the meditation. And then the O is to open. So it's to open to your experience. So sometimes I ask the question, you know, what's going on right now? You know, what's happening? Uh, are there any lingering emotions? Uh, what's going on in the mind? How's the mind right now? And how's the body right now? And then opening to that with, so that's the core practice of mindfulness, opening to it with curiosity and accepting it. You know, can I be with this? And then the W is warm the heart. So bring in kindness, a friendliness, and a compassion to your experience. So, um, or it could be a sense of gratitude and appreciation for your experience or um, the time that you took to meditate. So yeah, that's the practice. And I, I think that really um, distills what a complete profound practice in, in just those four steps. Yeah. 
That's beautiful. I love it. And that totally makes sense. And it's an easy um, acronym to remember too. And it all like ties together. I think we can end the episode now because you just basically described everything. <laughs> 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 um, that's, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah. 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 I, I, I quite like it. I, I do it myself. So um, I find that it, it, it's helpful. Yeah. Um, and then I guess shifting and moving on to like um, another question is like, um, what, what, you know, what meditation practice should I do? Right. There's, cause there's a lot, right. Mindfulness is a subset of, uh, of meditation practices. There's also compassion based practices like, um, to alleviate your own suffering and, uh, visualizing reduced suffering for other people. There's also strict concentration practice, what we talked before. There's also like self inquiry practice asking like, who am I? There's practices like that. Um, so I, I really think it, it just determines on like, what do you gravitate towards? Like do some research, like look up some techniques, actually sit down and practice them and then see what your, what's your aptitude. It's kind of like um, trying to pick from, I used to be in band when I was younger. So it's just, oh, what instrument do I want to try? Do I want to try drums? Do I want to try saxophone, trumpet or something like that? Well, I well, you just got to try it and see what what sticks, right? And then go from there. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. Uh, but trying is the key. Like just starting somewhere, just pick something. Mm -hmm. And there's also no way to do it wrong. Like there's no way to like try a meditation and be like, oh, you know, this is wrong. So even if there's like little guidance, the key is to just try it and then go from there. Exactly. No, you're right. Uh, I love that. Uh, that's a great point about like, there's no way to do it wrong. Um, and just, just do it, just try it and see how it lands for you and have sincerity too, with your practice, like come into it with a sense of, you know, this is, uh, something that I'm going to take seriously and I'm going to honestly try and, um, give a sincere effort. And I think that really helps with any time you sit down to practice. I find that that helps. Uh, yeah, that's helpful because it leads me into the next question, which is, I am really busy. How can I make time for meditation? I can't just really sit down doing nothing. Mm, yeah. What do you think about that one? That's a great question. Yeah. So, I'm really, so this is kind of goes into how do I start any habit that I just don't typically normally do? Like, how do I start exercising? I have time for it. Mm. Right. So it starts with setting the intention, prioritizing it. Um, it. It might be helpful to write it into a calendar. So it's just like, okay, at, you know, 9am, I'm going to meditate. And you, it's something to put on your list of things to do. Um, you could also bundle it with some other activity. Like sometimes I tell myself, I'm, I'm only going to have my coffee if I meditate first. So, <laughs> so, so it's like, so it's like a reward for doing it. Yeah. yeah. And then doing nothing, the part about doing nothing, like a lot of people feel guilty doing nothing, right? They're very, mm -hmm. feel like they have to be doing stuff all the time in this modern world where, you know, we have to be productive. But the weird paradox is that if you sit to do nothing, um, you can create and be more productive. So it's, so it's like cognitively, it doesn't make sense. I'm going to, you know, sit down and do nothing. How is this productive? But it's actually very, it's actually really productive. <laughs> yeah, yeah so definitely. I've had 
some great ideas while I'm meditating, which is another little like, I notice how my brain works in that moment where I get this idea and I'm like, oh, I want to go like, why am I sitting here? I need to go write it down or I need mm. to go, you know, record this. And then it's like, okay, wait, I can't, I need to let it go. You know, I can come back. But there's that moment of anxiety and I see how my mind works and exactly how my mind works is how it also approaches meditation, right? Where it's like my mind is constantly like going from one thing to the other. So mm. how can I possibly be sitting down doing nothing and then noticing that my, that's how my mind works anyway? That's illuminating in itself. Oh, my mind's filled with all this like, you know, kind of pro proliferation, just like constantly pinging thoughts and it's always working. And then like that in itself is kind of like, oh my God, <laughs> you're like, yeah, what, uh, I need to work with this or it's, it's, it's illuminating. Yeah. To sit with your mind. Exactly. Yeah. And that goes back to the clarity that we're talking about that mm. even being aware of that, then like you said, you know, we can work with that. We can do something with that. Yeah, so, absolutely. And that could be different for, you know, everyone. Yeah. How do you help your students with, um, you know, the, the same question? Like, you know, how do I make time for it? Well, I tell them that, you know, all the points that you said, like maybe, you know, tag it along something like after you brush your teeth or something like that. But I also tell them like, start very, very small, like sit for a minute, you know, especially if they're like super, if they're beginners and they've never done this before. So I'm like, you know, maybe sit for a minute and build on that. Maybe, you know, the next day sit for, for three minutes, you know. So that's how I help them. I've recorded specifically one, three, and five-minute meditations hmm. uh, for people that have never done it before and, um, you know, guide them into doing that. And then uh, I see how I work with the perception of time and thinking that I don't have time, you know. And hmm. even just sitting there being stressed about the fact that I don't have time to have to, to meditate – That'll be 10 minutes where I could have sat down to meditate <laughs> for 10 <laughs> minutes. So it's also kind of pinpointing like the perception of time that we have. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's really deep. That's, that's and revealing, right? <laughs> I think we all have yeah. that. And um, I really love the titration, like one minute, three minute, five minute. That's great. Yeah, that's really good. Kind of uh, lower the bar for entry. It's just like, you know, start with one minute. I mean, and then you're, you know, you're getting somewhere. Yeah, get use that momentum. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. So another popular one is, you know, people tell me like, well, I do other activities like I run or I climb or I swim, and that's my meditation. Like, so I don't need to sit down and meditate or you know lay down and meditate. Um, and um, they ask me, they're like, is that a form? Isn't that a form of meditation? Mm. And I tell them no. <laughs> uh, it's it's meditative. It can be a meditative state yeah. uh, because you're definitely focused in the moment and you have to be present. You know, when you're climbing, you really need to be in that moment and attuned into what your body's right. doing and what your mind's doing or else, you know, you're going to fall. But uh, it's not meditation in the traditional sense of like, I'm going to sit down and not do anything else. So. Yeah. That's how I tell them, uh, how I answer that question. Yeah. If you, I don't know I if you have any thoughts on that. Yeah, I would agree with that. What you said is like they overlap in many ways and like in terms of the, the, the clarity and the concentration. Um, I like to kind of think of them as one is formal practice sitting and um, cultivating 
these attentional abilities. And then the other one is more informal practice, where it's kind of like, well, I can actually uh, bring those skills of concentration and clarity from meditation into sports or a, a physical activity. And physical activities themselves can be even more enhanced from the skills that we get from meditation. So yeah, I think there there's similarities, but they're not the same. All right. So uh, the last question I have for today, Tim, is, is meditation a religion? I'm worried it will interfere with my religious practices. Hmm. And I know this is yeah. a big and loaded topic whenever religion comes into play. <laughs> so You're Right. Yeah. And it can be very sensitive too. Um, mm-hmm. Because a lot of people have uh, this identification with their uh, religion of choice. And I know there's a lot of fear of like, oh, practicing mindfulness. Isn't that Buddhist? Will that go against my Christian background? Or will that go against my Hindu or um, uh, Islamic background? But the truth of it is that every single religion has some type of contemplative practice, whether it's prayer, whether it's chanting, whether it's dancing in some ways. And, uh, and um, so they all have these practices that cultivate some type of stillness and connection uh, to either their, themselves or something divine, mm-hmm. right? So I think it can be uh, kind of parsed from religion though. And because mindfulness can be seen totally as a skill that can be developed without any type of religious um, dogma without any rites or rituals. This secular aspect of mindfulness and meditation is really helpful for people that are, are more um, agnostic or atheistic. And um, you can think of it as fitness, contemplative fitness for the mind and um, fitness for the brain as well. I think that's a completely valid way of looking at it. Yeah. What are your thoughts? I love it. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, I understand that there's a lot of fear involved when there's something that we don't understand, especially with religion. So I would just invite people to, you know, uh, read about it or ask a trained teacher, you know, like yourself and myself and just be like, hey, is this going to be a problem? You know, if, if you just ask the questions, then I think that it'll kind of ease those fears that come with it and knowledge is power. <laughs> so um, I think the more we know about it, um, then we're able to make choices that, you know, are right for us. And maybe, you know, someone reads more about it and like, you know what, I don't, I don't want to try it. I don't want to practice it because, you know, um, my religion says, you know, um, whatever it says about it. So uh, it's, it's up to you to uh, just learn and then make an informed decision. I guess that's what I would um, invite people to do. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think that's a really great way to orient to your practice and you, how you look at it. It's like, does it sit well with me? Can I try it? And, this, and um, yeah, kind of being able to square it with whatever your re- religious background, I think, whatever yeah. works. You know, I'm very pragmatic with meditation. Whatever works, does it work? Then, then do it. Exactly. If it doesn't work for you for whatever reasons, you know, feel free to drop it. It's okay. Absolutely, absolutely. 
All right. Well, I don't know if you have any other questions, Tim, or anything you would like to add before we wrap up this Q&A with meditation. The last thing I would say is always look for help and find friends that are, can kind of support your practice that are on, on like a, either a meditative journey or a spiritual journey. It always helps to practice with groups and with teachers. So I think, you know, always just feel free to ask for help from people that know the terrain in order to increase your skills and also to just get better and help you along the path. This podcast is created for people like you who want to finally find out what this meditation hype is all about. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to sign up for my free weekly newsletter. You'll find that link in the episode notes. The One Fierce Heart podcast is produced and hosted by me, Dina Riropulu. Sound editing and mixing by Matrix Recording Studio in Athens, Greece.